This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, sponsored by Electrolux, we're chatting with Ron Duprat, executive chef and food and beverage director of Amarillo Country Club in Amarillo, Texas. Chef Duprat has been with the club for only a short time, but he's on a mission to reinvigorate the club's food and beverage program while focusing on important issues like diversity, mindful eating, and what the hospitality industry might look like post-COVID. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? Excited to be with you. Tell me a little bit about your background. Where where are you at now? You're at Amarillo Country Club? Yes, I'm at Amarillo Golf and Country Club in Amarillo, Texas with uh, Barry McDonald's. Okay. How long have you been there? I've been there for about a month. Uh, my gr- background is uh, classically trained chef, working some of the most prestigious clubs in the state, such as the Bridgewater Golf and Country Club, Carmel, Indiana the Montauk Yacht Club, uh, Gulf Harbor Country Club, Pelican Bay, and Ritz-Carlton. So you started there a month ago, which is a bit of a whirlwind, I assume, with everything that's been going on. What was the situation like when you walked into the club? All about uh, changing the narrative to make sure you can go above and beyond and exceed expectation. While you're protecting yourself, you're protecting the members. You know, some of the things we're using, we're using the global standards to make sure the members are safe, we are safe, the staff are safe. You know, when they walk in, we take their temperature, uh, we make them clean their phones, and then uh, hey, they go back to the kitchen. When they get to the kitchen, we sanitize, we clean, we sanitize, we use social distancing. How have you been able to get buy-in from the team well, it's not about me. It's about the members. It's about make sure the members have fun. The members trust us. So we have to do the right things to make sure we are safe so the members can be safe. Let's talk about the climate right now, the social climate, the political climate, the pandemic climate. What's going through your mind lately? I believe it's time for us to talk about love, destroying our own stuff, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I just think it's time to talk about love, unity. How can we all can unite together as Cornelian, as chef, and as human being? How does that translate into the way that you break bread and the, the menus that you put out and the food that you put out to your, to your members? Whether it's the members at the Gulf Harbor or the members at the Bridgewater Country Club or the members at the Amarillo Country Club. The member trusts us to do the right things. So this is how we do that. Interpretation to serve food to come from 10 miles radius. I think that's how we can bring bread. We support our local farmers. Doesn't matter who they are, black, white, Native American, minorities, who they are. That way we do not inject um, some of that stuff going on right now to our cooking and our staff. So what do you think the next few months hold? Because of COVID-19, we push the envelope every day. Uh, we try to get creative. Uh, we use the global standards, whether we do um, uh, smaller menus, we change the menu frequently. Uh, we add more staff because we have to clean more. And you know, we use open more dining rooms so we can, because you know, we cannot have more than seven people together. So we have maybe two, three dining rooms open so we can cater to all the members. 
What have been some of the biggest challenges for you as a chef? You know, my biggest challenges for me as a chef is finding the right staff who's willing to go work hard, uh, who's willing to put the hours. That has been my biggest challenge to find the staff who's focused, uh, who believe in this coffee value with what we do. That's our own presentation because we are the face. We are the ambassador of the corner world. So we have to do the right thing that way we're all on the same page. What do you look for in a new hire? I look for the attitudes, hard work, dedication, motivations, uh, stuff they can do to take them to the next level. Tell us a little bit about your culinary style. Do you, what types of food do you like to cook? You know, as I do classical French, because I work in country clubs, so we've been doing more than, um, at a country club, I'm doing more like uh, Texicali, uh, it tastes between California and Texas. So I mix it up a little bit. Like yet today, I have a uh, crab chalupa. You know, so sounds that's, delicious. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's just like you have to push the envelope to to adapt to where you are. That way, you do flavor of the region where you are. How big is Amarillo Country Club? Well, we have about seven hundred fifty members. Okay. And we have eighteen whole golf course. So. It's a smaller club that gives me an opportunity to interact with every member, to know every member by name, what they like, and what they expect when they sit down. We probably do about $4.5 million for the beverage. Okay. Um, we have a gazebo. As you know, right now, we cannot open the spot bar. So between the gazebo, the pool, as you know, banquet right now is non-existent. Right. So that probably $1.5 million we're not going to make. And, you know, the restaurant, we open for lunch and dinner. And then we do a couple of special functions uh, uh, for this month of July. I'm pushing the envelope. July 1st, I did this concert. And July 3rd, I did a raw bar where we shot oysters and prawns at the gazebo. July 4th, I did a big uh, July 4th celebrations with barbecue, uh, July 10th, I'm doing Christmas uh, in July. Uh, July 14th, I'm doing the biggest Bastille Day in Amaretto. Nice. Uh, <laughs> my celebration. Yeah. Uh, July 20th, I'm having a burger bash. July 25th, I'm having a chilling and grilling. Well, interact with the members where we'll be cooking, they'll be drinking, and we'll do this together. And July 30th, I'm having an all-member event where I'm having a dinner for all the, because, you know, we have a uh, club, uh, wine club members. I invite them to do some wine, some food, to do some tasting, some interacting, some teaching, some wine pairing. So I want to keep them busy. As you know, members cannot travel too much. The objective is to keep them busy. So how do you, have you started talking about how to bring banquets back and what that might look like? Well, it's all about going back to the global standard. As you know, right now, we're at 50%. What we're going to do, um, the objective is are the people who's booking banquet 
willing to take a chance to build. Yeah. So that's where the conversation needs to start. But the objective is we can't do 50% banquet. We will use social distancing. Uh, there will be no menus. There will be no buffet. But it will be station, action stations, where the member or the guest not allowed to touch everything where we do everything. So it may cost us a little more. The profit margin might be a little small. But as you know, we cannot take percentage to the bank. What kinds of action stations will you rely on? Oh, uh, there's so many. As you know, uh, you take the way we cook banquet. So if they want prime rib, yes, you can carve a prime rib. But they just can't. You, you just can't put in a shaver. There have to be somebody there to carve the prime rib. Yes, we can do a stir fry station. There have to be somebody there. Mendy stir fry station. Yes, you can do a flambe station. There have to be somebody there. Mendy flambe station. Yes, you can do a salad station where there's going to be somebody there making the salad just like they were doing a la carte. So what you're doing, you're doing an a la carte setting and then you put it in a room where you serve in station. So that's the concept. Okay. So that's going to require a lot more staff then. Have you, is this why you're looking to bring on more people? That's correct. Okay. Because as you know, uh, doing all this madness, you need somebody just there just to clean up and sanitize after everyone. So that's the number one priority. You need somebody to stand at the door to make sure to keep wiping the handle of the door. So you cry a little more. Look into your crystal ball and tell me what you think that the hospitality industry looks like after this. I think the hospitality industry will come back bigger, better, and stronger. I think we all have to take a seat back to see this is going to be the new norm. This is what's it going to take to run business. Um, until there's a vaccine, I think we all, as chefs, we are in control, not the politicians. No one else. We are in control because we can work through this. So we have as chefs, as corner leaders, we have an opportunity to set this stone. How far we can push to make sure we follow the social distancing, we follow the global standards. Um, we make this as we create this. So when they have Dr. Fassi or whoever talking about the measure to control the pandemic, I think chefs should be the forefront because we the one who can help them better, such as the measure we take in to make sure members or guests are safe, um, how we order food now from how we order before, whether we order every day or whether how we receive our food, from taking the proper temperature of receiving our food. So I think we have a bigger world than the world think we have. If somebody has COVID-19, they think, okay, they can go to the doctor, the list goes on. But as chefs, I believe we all have a personal responsibility as we are at the forefront to make sure I think we can help more than everyone else think we can help. That's an interesting perspective. How yes. are you ordering more frequently, more smaller? Like what's, what exactly has happened? We order smaller quantity. As you know, before the driver 
get to we no longer let a driver come to our prop come to our property we make sure we receive first we check the driver temperature one person receive it one person check one person bring it in so again it require more labor more force but i just want it to be safe just in case if the driver have covid 19 i don't want my staff to take it if he walked into the establishment so the objective is us as chef to be leaders to be culinary leaders how do you approach diversity let's talk about diversity in the hospitality industry uh, to me, which is non-existent, if you look at chefs, when they talk about black chefs, they talk about Marcus Thomerson, who's not the face of African-American cuisine. He represent Harlem, but he did not speak for all of us. So diversity can be however everyone describes it. But to me, I don't think diversity exists in the hospitality industry. What advice would you give to chefs who do want to bring in more diversity? Well, the objective is for us to look at among ourselves, what are we doing different? Uh, If you look at after what happened, Black Lives Matter, CIA sent out a letter where they want to work with diversity. So uh, I'm working with BCA, Black Culinary Alliance, uh, Chef Alex Askew. We send a response to BCA. You say you care about Black Lives Matter. What are we going to do to help us get the word out? So young Black chefs can go to CIA and have representation. How can we do that as a group? Not our one person who wants to be in the media spotlight said, oh my God, I just don't believe uh, um, they're doing that. What can we do to make a better life, to have more diversity in the culinary industry? What value would that bring to the industry to have more diversity across all levels? Well, <clears throat> diversity helps to keep everyone on their toes, uh, where there doesn't matter, because we all can agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, we have a personal responsibility, doesn't matter the color of someone's skin have an opportunity to do the right thing. So if you look at clubs, I'm sure you interview a lot of chefs. How many black chefs, you know, executive chef or for the beverage and country club? I, I, I was talking to someone, I said, well, I am who I am because I'm a chef, not because I'm black or Haitian or African-American. I guess I'm who I am because I'm a chef. For me, I believe I'm a chef first and I'm black second because if I was looking for a job, they were looking for a black person, I probably would be the man. But because my experience working with the Montauk Club, uh, working with Gulf Harbor, working with Falcon Bay, working with my nationality. So it's not like that doesn't make me better than anyone else, but my reputation speaks for itself uh, for work for some of the most prestigious clubs. But I think there's some work to be done. But it can be both ways, too. As chef, we cannot be, like, hoping to get a handout for people to feel sorry for us. We have to do the work. We have to make sure well, we, we deliver what we promise we're going to deliver. Otherwise, um, 100 years from now, the next person who's doing the interview might not be you and me. We'll be talking about the same thing. So as chef, 
if we want to talk about diversity, we need to look at and to ourselves, what are we doing wrong? What 2010 chefs are uh, um, doing good things? Why only Marcus Samuelson represent the face of, I don't know, African-American cuisine? Because I know so many good black chefs. Oh my God, like, if you're talking about uh, Kenny Gilbert's uh, um, former top chef, uh, if you're talking about uh, Alice Haxkew, president of BCA, who fight for uh, diversity every day, mindful eating for a better community and uh, my beloved community and food justice. So there's so many guys doing so many great things, but you never heard about them. So I think there's a problem right there. We all need to get together and say, hey guys, we want to fight for diversity, but we might be doing something wrong. What are we doing wrong? Tell me a little bit more about the BCA Global that you mentioned. Well, BCA Global, it's a Black Corner Alliance who started at CIA in 1989. As you know, there was four Black chefs. Uh, it just like, they wasn't part of anything. They think chefs in a voice. So Alex asked you, uh, the president said, it's time for us to see uh, what can we do to take this diversity and hospitality to the next level. Because as you know, every black chef, I mean, I'm not gonna say every black chef, every young black chef, instead of do what I did, go back, learn, work on our craft to be better, but they all wanna be a food network to make food of themselves. You know, so I think we all have some tough discussion to have, and it's not gonna be received well, but I think that's where it needs to start how we make the young black chef so they can be better to take position, to become executive chef or chef de cuisine, to become good cook. So I think that's where the conversation needs to start. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com. 